Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Episode 138, Connected Leadership and Paying Attention. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Today, a special guest on the podcast, and that is Francis Eberly. Francis, so good to be with you again. Thanks, Dale. I'm glad to be here. And you invited me back, which is terrific. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So Francis has a new book out. It's called Connected Leadership, Engage Your Workforce to Lead Themselves. Francis is part of the Price Associates team, and we're really fortunate to uh, have Francis part of that team, part of the uh, group that actually delivers the Complete Leader program. If you'd like to learn more about that, the website, thecompleteleader.org. And Francis is a longtime friend of Ron Price. And uh, let's let's dive into, um, we got to know you during the most recent podcast. If you're listening to this for the first time and didn't get a chance to listen to episode 137, you can go back and learn more about Francis and his background. But um, before we hit the record button for this episode, Francis, uh, we were talking about this idea of engaging your workforce to lead themselves. And you really hit on this when you said you were in the eighth grade and have learned this through personal experience, this idea of leaning on other people. So I'm going to ask you to share that story with the listeners. Uh, thanks, Dale. Just going right back to eighth grade, I can see. Um, well, it's it's not that, let me just do a little word check here in a sense. It's not leaning on others, but it's working with others. Working and, with others. Yeah. And it's, it is, um, in eighth grade, I learned that I was dyslexic. I was having difficulty in school, reading, writing. Teachers were not, you know, figuring out why I wasn't learning very well. And so my parents had me tested. And I actually loved doing those tests because those, they had those color diagrams with the blotches and you had to see things. Um, and I, anyway, so uh, I, my intelligence was quite high, but I was obviously dyslexic. And it was at a time be, before um, there were lots of services for, for students that, that thought differently or behavioral different. So I didn't have any special services through special education or anything like that. And so I learned over time, because I didn't know what that dyslexic meant, um, I learned over time that if, if I was given an assignment and everybody could do it in 10 minutes or an hour, it would take me a half an hour or three hours, depending on how long it was. But it was easily twice as long. And I just built that into my schedule. I just knew that there it is. It was always a little bit frustrating at times, knowing that some students would just breeze through it and you know, I'm still at it. But anyway, what it, what it did for me was the beginning to, to realize that by working with others, getting them to um, support me or finding those areas for me for weaknesses that I could then excel in other areas. So there's research around dyslexics, which dyslexics actually process information differently. They think about patterns, systems, those kinds of things very clearly where a lot of people don't grasp those right away. I, I can't tell you why, Dale, but um, they, they have some different patterns of thinking. And so those are my strengths. So I could always look at the big picture or look for trends and patterns really quite easily or synthesize information. And so those are my strengths and that's what I benefited from. So as a connected leader, those details, you know, I can't tell you how I valued the CFOs that I had and I wanted to make sure they were super detailed oriented because I, you know, I could do it. I can add and subtract and do spreadsheets. I can't, 
I can't spend the time, just can't do it. So I made sure that those people were there and work with their strengths. And so that really helped me and others excel and, and do better. So that's, that's partly about what a connected leader is, is, is trying to find the strengths of others and really getting them to, to, to shine. What led you to write the book? Uh, some, some frustration on my part about understanding uh, this, this concept of working with others. In a sense, it's giving authority away. And I know that maybe sounds really scary to people. And, and giving may be the wrong word, but it is giving people or having them give them the opportunity to lead and then help them and support them, uh, knowing that there are going to be risks and there are going to be uh, things that go wrong, but not to blame, but to use those opportunities to learn. So by growing people around you, you're going to have a much stronger organization than if everything is depending on you. You know, the world is super complex these days. And it's going to get more complex and it's going to move faster. Just look at technology and the implications for business. So one person can't just can't cope with all that. So bring those people along and up so that you've got this incredible team with you. During the last podcast, you explained that you had created a model uh, within connected leadership and that model uh, centers around four areas. We do- dove into purpose, the first piece on the last one. Give us the the, the total of the four. Uh, purpose, people, which is who and what, and actions, which is the plan and implementation part of uh, an operation, and then attention, which is the last one. And, and you say that attention is what really sets this model apart. So we're going to dive into attention today. Um, best if, if we start with uh, a description or a definition for when we talk about attention, is this the attention that I'm paying to something as a leader or that gets paid to me as a leader? Let's, let's define attention for our listeners. Yeah, great. So I do think this is the one that differentiates a leader if they're able to do this skill. Um, so I did, the, I did what you just asked, Dale, which is it's in the book and I, I always go for the definition. I'm a definer. So the, the Merriam-Webster dictionary says, and it's the first definition, the act or state of applying the mind to something. And I add to it, or someone, you know, people is, is really what this is about. So that's, it's pretty simple, um, but it's really focusing and making sure you're applying your mind to that. So, I think, so at a very basic level, for example, you know, you're sitting in a meeting and you're leading the meeting, let's say, and people are talking and exchanging ideas and advocating and asking questions. And, you know, and your mind is going off and, and thinking about the next thing, your next demand that's on your, your plate ahead of this, or maybe you're thinking about what you're gonna answer, or maybe you think that's a ridiculous idea, I got a better one. Um, well, think about, I mean, that's not paying attention, but think about the people in the room, if they're see you distracted, you know, worst case, you're looking at your phone, but um, they see you kind of wandering. Think of what message that's sending to them. They're like, oh, my leader really doesn't seem very engaged. You're going to lose their enthusiasm, their, their action. So um, paying attention at that level is, is as important it is as, as the top of the organization. There's so much to pay attention to <laughs> and so many people to pay attention to um, from a leadership perspective. So where do we start narrowing 
narrowing this down and identifying what's critical. What what are the what where are the important areas that I need to be paying attention? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and I, I've articulated it to this point. I'm not sure I'm there yet, um, but I've got five sort of key points, and one of them has a whole bunch of things in it. So I don't know if I should actually make it longer or shorter, but here they go. So improvement is one. The second one is recognition. Next one is problem identification and people's talents. And the last one is monitoring. So those are the four areas. And I can go through them uh, briefly if you want and just explain them. Absolutely. Yeah, because I was just, I was writing those down quickly. Let's start with improvement. Yeah, so it's yours. Is this how your- I can improve, how you can improve? Yeah, both. So, you know, it's about you and about your people. So do you know what you want to do to grow? Right. And do you know what your people want to grow professionally? Do they want to get another degree? Do they want to get a certification? Or maybe it's just a quick skill, you know, update or something like that. But do you actually know? So, so one thing related to this is, you know, you could have people write a professional learning plan. You can do yours first. What is it you want to learn? It's not just how the company does better, but to help you grow as a professional. And then you can ask people to write them and you can begin to sort of tease that out, um, so understanding what improvement is, it's not just, okay, everybody's gonna take this required uh, program because it's mandated or because we think it's a good idea. It's more individual or differentiated. So recognition, uh, the next one, this one has got a lot in here, but um, so recognition can be celebrations, can be bonuses, you know, increases and in, in raise, raises, acknowledgements and just general thanks. Right, so people are different, and are like to be recognized in different ways. So some people like balloons and confetti, and you know the big party and celebration, and that just that's great for them. Other people want to have it a little more subdued and less public. So those people that like the balloons, if you're doing something less visible or subtle, you know they're going to be offended. <laughs> that's not really who they are. So you know you just you have to know your people well enough so that when you are acknowledge them acknowledging them, um, why you're doing it. So let let me give you an example. And this connects to knowing your people. Uh, Recently, I heard from a team member who, um, it was the end of the holidays and they got a end of the year, like present from their leader. And it was a package of local goods. And in there was an apple pie and it was made by a local bakery. And so it was nice, you know, it's, it's a nice gift. Um, unfortunately, she's a, she has celiac disease, so she's gluten-free. She can't go anywhere near that. Um, and, but, you know, she thought it was nice, but she couldn't eat it. So just stop for a minute and think of it this way. What happened if she got the basket? Because everybody in the organization got one of these. If she got a basket with, those, with that pie in there, but she got a gluten-free pie. Think of the impact on her. Like, wow, huh, they actually know who I am as a person, not just an employee. So in thinking about recognition, how do you do it in ways that really resonate with the individual or, or knows who they are? It's tough, but differentiate as much as you can. That requires a level of paying attention to the details. Yes. And yeah. I will say that, and I talked about this a little bit, details aren't necessarily my skill, but whenever I was, I made sure there were at least a people or a committee that would do that for me because that was not something I normally paid attention to. And I made sure it was paid attention to, but I, I just couldn't. And again, I depended on those people to do that for me. 
Um, so the next one is problem identification. This one sometimes confounds folks because most people think of leaders as saying, you know, bring me solutions and not problems. Um, you know, and it's actually better to have people bring you problems so you can engage in getting others into the results. So if they're bringing you a, a, a solution, they've already decided how it's going to be solved and you don't have the right input. So being, a, being attentive to what's not working and also not placing blame or repercussions for that, but finding out, okay, so this is the reality. So let's, let's figure it out. Let's spend some time and work through it and, and use it as a learning opportunity. So paying attention to not just getting good news, but bad news too. Um, the next one's people talents. Uh, this is, you know, learn about what's good in your people. What's their strengths? I talked about some of mine earlier. So behaviors, motivation, skills, and you having them use it. And there are ways that you can learn that, that information, but you can also see them demonstrate it. Um, they're going to be much happier, more productive, more efficient in the job. An example I have, and it was really tragic at the time, although she's doing great now, was a very talented corporate VP in a, in a large organization. And she was hugely successful in purchasing and starting new lines for the company. A new CEO came in and assigned her to a completely different department that she really didn't know and didn't have the skills to, do, to work there. And she you know, advocated for this previous position and they said, no, so she left. Um, and now she's doing very well where she is now. But anyway, the, you know, a good example of losing talent because just for whatever reason, I don't know exactly what the reason is, um, she got moved to somewhere else. And so her talents and skills weren't useful. So knowing what they are is really important for keeping people engaged and also resonating with what the company is doing. The next one, monitoring, and this, is, this one's got multiple parts to it. It's the one most people think of because of you know, paying attention in an organization. But I broke it down into multiple levels, and this is where I'm not sure it all fits. But one of them is sort of non-evaluation monitoring, I call it, which is, you know, the everyday regular walking around. So what are you doing? It's a check-in. What are you working on? How's it going? You need any help? Um, but paying attention, doing that frequently, knowing, keeping the, your boots on the ground, so to speak, as knowing what's going on. The second one is the more formal or performance reviews or KPIs or outcomes. Um, and are they aligned to the, to the company's purpose, which goes back to the center of the model? Um, or is it more individually based? So do they have it really focused on their growth only within the company or is it on the full organization? So a, a, an alternative there might be some sort of, um, well, if it's individual, that's where you get setting up dynamics of that potentially destructive behaviors where they're competing or not sharing information, trying to shine in the leader's view, um, rather than working towards the overall goal and getting everybody involved. But, you know, having a scorecards for performance, you know, might be a better, a better approach with some periodic reviews. And annually is, is, and it's very common. Uh, it's just too late. By then it's, you know, I'm already done. And um, so the next one is accountability and monitoring. This is the one that everybody kind of reacts to negatively. It's too bad. You really don't need to. Um, but here I'm going to say it's accountability to the larger goal, not the individual part. So performance systems are often structured towards individuals and not teams. It's a real weakness of performance systems. And so a high performing, a high performer may not actually be 
working to the full degree for the organization, but for them. And I was just talking about that. So um, trying to think about accountability towards the larger goal. And one of the things that, well, I'll leave that aside. So the next one is evaluation. Um, here I mean experiments and tests. So you're experimenting on a new product, a new, new uh, service, um, doing tests on those, paying attention to those, making sure you know that your evaluation measures the success or not, and then it knows you how to go and then you know how to go forward. And then the last one is research, which is more formalized. You know, it's research related to trends in the field for markets, customers, that kind of thing. Um, so you can see there's a lot in this last category. Um, but I'm trying to figure out, and I probably need to write more or figure this out some more or get some feedback. But um, that's how I look at it at this point. And then I think it's, um, it is a differentiator in the sense of it, if a leader can do that. And it's kind of zooming out and zooming in, the organization and horizon at the same time um, can be really successful. A number of things to be paying attention to. However, it is definitely doable and it makes a big difference for those you lead. And uh, especially when we talk about it from the, the standpoint of connected leadership. So Francis Eberle, thank you so much. Uh, this, these have been some fantastic conversations. Once again, the book is Connected Leadership. It is available wherever books are sold. You can uh, find it online and also connect with Francis, his email address, Francis, that's F-R-A-N-C-I-S at price-associates.com. Francis is also uh, contributing to the Complete Leader Program. You can see more of the resources that he is contributing at thecompleteleader.org. So Francis, thanks again for this. Any final words for our, for our listeners and viewers? Um, thank you, Dale, first for the invitation and letting me come back and talk about this. It's, it's really a work in progress and you know, it's, um, I keep developing it and thinking about new ways to think of it. But I will say in terms of attention, it's, as I said, looking out to the horizon, what's going on big picture. So you don't lose track of that, but also looking deeply inside the organization and to, all the way down to the individuals. And, that, and that's really the, the role of the leader, right? And I'll use the title of the Diamonds and Cuddles book, which I think sums it up as the challenge for leaders. And the title is the future is faster than you think. Mm. So be open, pay attention and be intentional about that. And I hear it in, in so much of what you've talked about. It's always focused on the people part of it. It's working with the people. Yes. Francis Everly, Francis at price-associates.com. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for spending time with us here at the Complete Leader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so already. Also, you'll find the video version at thecompleteleader.org. This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.